Welcome to David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. You are about to get a glimpse behind the curtain of David's massively successful income acceleration principles as he shows you how to approach your business with innovative growth strategies that are grounded in accurate thinking and result in high-end sales. And here is the man himself, David Nagel. Okay, listen up. For all of you that currently have a $100 bill in your pocket or that equivalent of, raise your hand. All right, I want somebody who's never been to one of my events to come up here with a $100 bill. I need somebody with a microphone to help me out here. You're not even up here yet. Come over to the stairs. Come on up here. Well, you have the microphone. What are you going to do, hold it out like that? Now you're going to need to hold it for him, the microphone. Is that a $100 bill? All right, show it to everybody. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm, I'm serious now. Okay. Would you be willing to tear that up into pieces you couldn't put back together again? Uh, yes, but it would be uncomfortable. Would you do it anyway? If you asked me to. Sorry. That's okay. Well, no, so I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just if wondering if you will. Well, without a reason, if it makes sense, I would do it. It would make sense. Okay, well, just step, wait, hang on right there. Can I hold your $100? I'll give it back to you, I promise. All right, would you hold that? Okay. Would you tear that up? Do you need a reason to tear that up? No, this is no, this is a no-brainer. Well. Tear it up easy. Let's see. You mean tear it up? All right, throw it. Okay. Can I take this one again? Now, what'd you do with that one? For no reason? It has a little bit more of a, an attachment. Or, What's know, the attachment? The perceived value that this will do something. Does that make sense? <laughs> go, back, go back on that side. Go back over there. <laughs> what will it do? Well... This isn't real, but we have a perceived value that it is real, so that perceived value overwhelms that unperceived. So if it's not real, then your decision to tear that up is based in truth, or is it based in your belief? It's, it's based in truth, but we have a tendency to go with our belief. But the truth is this has no value except perceived value. So will you tear it up then? I would. When? Very nice. Give me a hand. That, that's the truth. That really is the truth. It has no value except whatever we give it as a perceived value. Have you ever torn up a $100 bill before? Uh, yes. You have? How's it feel? It's different, but it's, it doesn't hurt. Does anybody else want to tear up a 100 Look at the hell. Look, look at all the hands. You ought to try it. It's kind of different. <laughs> so, go ahead and have a seat. Give me a hand. The last time I did this, I swear to God, we went to break, 
and somebody came up here and was picking up the $100 pieces. They were going to tape it back together. Here's the idea. What he's, what he's saying is, is absolutely the truth, right? It's kind of like it's one thing to say it, but to stand there and actually do it is something entirely different. But the truth is, is that there's no difference between that $100 bill and the card that he tore up except for what you believe there to be different. And the attachment, the emotional attachment that we actually have to that hundred. Because we trade our life for the money. Now you have to ask yourself, I want you all to put yourself in the position of that gentleman that came up here and so courageously did that exercise. I want you to think about it for a moment. Could you do it? At what level would you stop? If we took all the money that you have in the world and we stacked it on top of the table, some of you are thinking it wouldn't be a very big stack. (laughs) But if you took all the money that you personally had and you stacked it on top of the table, say in $20 bills, could you go through them one by one and just tear them up and throw them away? What would you be thinking to yourself? What am I doing? What else? What else would you be thinking? My mom's going to kill me. What else? It's disrespectful. What else? How are you going to make it back? What else? It's all that you have. I know Dan didn't say that. Not Dan. You're going to need another six months, Dan. Run the credit card, Steph. What else? I've lost my mind. What else? Huh? Panic. Good. Come on. What else? Wasting. Holy shit. Huh? I earned that. Good. What else? Huh? You're going to be poor. How much does it matter? Just money. Anybody thinking somebody could, else could have benefited from that one? I normally hear that one. I didn't hear that one. No, not our John. <laughs> we going to start over? Yeah. Could have given it to someone else. So the idea is, think to yourself what comes to your mind, because that's part of what your issue is with money. Almost all of those statements are a demonstration that money really controls you, that you don't control money. Money really controls you, you don't control money. You're living for money. That really, when it comes right down to it, it's one of the most important things in your life, if not the most important thing, even though you don't have a whole lot of it. You see? So we really have to think about what it is that we're doing. Now, most people go through their entire life working like crazy, worrying, stressing, fighting with their spouse, making themselves miserable to come to the end of their life when they're going to die and instantaneously in that moment, oh, they're coming for you. They found out you ripped up the hundred. (laughs) 
instantaneously in that moment that you die, everything that you've worked and stressed and worried about belongs to somebody else. So the things that we put all that energy into actually own us. We don't own them. And we have to realize how this is actually taking place if we're going to begin to change it. Now, if you listen to The Art of Success, you know that I went through the stick person. I'm going to go through it again here. We break it into three parts because it's really kind of a model. It's a really great model to see how our behavior works if we understand how the different parts of our mind work. And in 1934, Dr. Thurman Fleet came up with this model, and he referred to the top part of the head as the conscious, the bottom part of the head as the subconscious mind, and then this is the body. And he pointed out that this conscious and the subconscious work in very distinct ways, but not at all together. So they're really not in harmony. The conscious mind has the ability to think. That's where our reasoning lies. We also have free will there, and we can make choices from that place. We can, from our conscious mind, accept or reject any idea. So I think that when we think about it, we want to realize that this is the place that we choose from. Subconsciously, we are programmed. The subconscious mind does not have the ability to reject an idea. So any idea that is placed into the subconscious mind without any conscious rejection, the only thing the subconscious mind can do is to keep demonstrating that strategy in your life over and over again without any conscious effort on your part. It needs no conscious effort. It's completely reactionary. And 99% of your day is completely reactionary. Most of the things that you do all day long, you do on autopilot. You don't have to think about them. You just automatically do them. Before the age of seven, really, this part of the mind's not developed. The conscious mind's not there, and it really just kind of looks like a fishbowl. So all the ideas and the images and the emotions and everything that we're experiencing basically just go right into the subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind doesn't have ability to reject them. So by the time our conscious mind is developed... It's our subconscious mind that is telling the conscious mind what to think about the experiences that we're having outside of ourselves. So outside, we have our results, we have our circumstances, we have our environment. Connected to the body, we have our senses. We see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. We are seeing what's going on external of ourself, and it's being reflected back into our conscious mind as an image. The image that we see is only given meaning by the beliefs, the values, and the experiences that we have around that image. So the way that we're actually taught to believe about something is how somebody else taught us to believe about that thing. And if we have no other experience around it, then when something happens in our life, we automatically go on subconscious autopilot, and the subconscious mind is then telling us how do we respond or react to the thing that we're experiencing. So now you think about a business. You want to build a business? You want the business to do a couple of things for you. Number one, you want it to be expression of yourself. You want to be in control of something. You want to be your own boss. You want to 
build some kind of a legacy for yourself, and you want the freedom that it's going to give you financially and time-wise. Except almost all of those things that I just mentioned are being controlled by how somebody else taught you to believe about those things and the value system that actually goes with it. So they're in total contradiction to what it is that you say that you want. Consciously, you say that you want freedom. Subconsciously, you think that you have to work hard and struggle. One of the biggest disservices that's actually done to individuals is that if you come from the middle class, the working class, or the poverty class, you have no idea where money comes from on the cause and effect scale. Absolutely none. You think subconsciously now, I want you to really think about this, because we're talking about not what you may intellectually understand, but what your real life experience is will determine what your behavior is around any given topic. So if your real life experience around money is that you learn a skill, you get a job, you go to work, and on Friday you get a paycheck, that's where you believe money comes from. That's how you believe money is generated into your life. But the truth is, that's not how money is generated into your life. So it causes a huge issue when you go into business for yourself. Because when you go into business for yourself, you go in on autopilot. You are trying to figure out, how do I get this business up and running? How do I make this thing successful? And you keep doing on autopilot what you did when you worked for somebody else. You take your skill set, you get out of bed every morning, you show up, and on Friday, there's no paycheck. And you're thinking, what the hell? I'm trying so hard. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Why isn't this working? So then we start looking for what we think will be the solution, not realizing the one and only thing that creates income anywhere in the world you're avoiding the most because it's in direct value conflict with how you were raised. The only thing in any industry, anywhere in the world, that creates money is sales. Nothing else. I don't care if you're a philanthropist. I don't care if you work for a charity. I don't care if you're in the government. I don't care if you're in the private sector. It does not matter where you are, who you are, or what you're doing, whether it's legal or illegal. The only thing that makes money move is sales. That's it, period. And sales is the one thing that 99.9% of all new business people avoid like the plague. Because everything about sales is in direct value conflict with the way that you've been raised. Everything. So we avoid it. We don't want anything to do with it. And we start to piece together in our mind that if we're just good enough, if our product is just good enough, if we just show up every day, if we meet that lucky person, if we get that break, if we network enough with enough people, somebody will know somebody and something magical will happen and I will have a successful business. And we, we put this, why do we put this all together? Because that's our only experience that we have with success. If you really think about it, when you see success in the real world, 
That's pretty much how we experience it. The media brings us success in its end result and does not show us what the cause and effect strategies were to create that end result. And of course, they always like to paint a dramatic or romantic picture around how the person became successful because they themselves don't understand how they became successful. So we link it to beauty, or we link it to knowing someone, or we link it to having the right friends, or being in the right place, or believing in the right God. And none of those things has anything to do with the success of your business. Nothing. So we spend all this time focused in the wrong direction. And we don't understand why we're getting the result that we're getting. And we struggle. And this is the reason why most businesses go out of business. I think the average is like 50% of all businesses are out of business within the first five years and the rest, the other 80% of what's left is out of business within 10 years. I know the numbers, the number is pretty astonishing because like out of every thousand businesses that are created, at, after at about a 10 to 12 year mark, there's only about four left that are still in business, that are making money. Now, the number one reason for that is primarily resourcefulness. Providing that you have a good idea, that you have something that is a viable business, when people run into problems, what really happens is that somewhere along the line, the circumstances that they're experiencing become more overwhelming than their desire to stay in business and they lose their ability to become resourceful and they quit. That's what happens because they don't understand the law. And the law says that you cannot have a problem or a need or a desire without the solution being there. That's it for this episode of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. If you're a business owner who's hearing more no's from ideal clients than expected, go now to www.salesstrategyreview.com to claim a complimentary one-on-one session with one of David's trained sales coaches and learn what you can do right now to accelerate your sales and income. We trust you enjoyed this edition of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. And until next time, just believe.